next guest this afternoon, again, introducing by name, not title, Mike Kehoe, a Republican candidate for Missouri governor. Keep in mind, Lieutenant Governor, we are timed today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Time is starting now. So let's start um, just with the basics here. What could be done to better improve Missouri's top industry, agriculture? Well, first of all, thank you for having me here today. Um, pleasure to work with so many people in this room over the last several years, both in the Senate and as my role as Lieutenant Governor. Uh, I was honored to be picked by Governor Parson to be the chairman of the Missouri Food Forest Products and Beverages Task Force, which was an initiative actually started by Farm Bureau and many of the stakeholder groups that we work with around the state, cattlemen, soybean, corn growers, et cetera, to say what is our ag industry right now and what is our room for growth. And what we've determined, again, through the help of many people in this room, is that as you know, we have about a $93 billion industry, that there's about $25 billion worth of room for growth. So how do we get there? How do we get there is through value added. And many of you guys are very much familiar with a great example that we have so far in Warren County with the American Food Groups piece. That's value added. We're not, if we're going to get more production out of Missouri, we're not going to annex Kansas or, God forbid, Illinois. We have to get, <laughs> we have to get the production within the square footage and the acreage that we have, right? So we, value added means bringing a processing plant to Missouri for the first time ever in large volume that will, for once, as a cattle producer myself, allow us to not only encourage people to fatten cattle, but have a place to go with them. That's a great example of value added. We have multiple examples that we're working on, whether it's industrial hemp, whether it's agritourism, all of the things that you can do with your family farms that will get more production out of what you have right now and increase that extra $25 billion that we feel is available to us. In the last year, as you're well aware, we've seen two major food production companies close their processing plants or shut down farms in the state, Smithfield and Tyson Foods. How would Missouri continue to keep and attract new agricultural companies into the state? We have to be in, we have to be in a position where when these companies make these decisions, sometimes we don't even get a say at the table. And when I know when the decisions were made in McDonald County and Stoddard County, we were, we as the state were not even allowed to come. That was a corporate decision that they made based on the age of those two plants. And unfortunately, we saw that downsizing happen. But what we can do, both as communities that are sitting in this room, and many of you have been a part of these conversations, and going forward is find out, A, how do we backfill those jobs and get those folks something that they can do in those communities? Because let me tell you something, McDonald County, there's not a whole bunch of openings today for those folks. What can we do to put in those plants and what can we make sure that we understand about our, the way our tax structure is based, what our ag economy um, readiness is for companies that want to come in here that want to build those plants back up? And I think that we're in a perfect position to be able to do that as we embark on these initiatives like we talked about with different task forces that people in this room are part of on welcoming those companies here, finding out what it is they need, providing them a skilled workforce, and the framework for them to be successful. Is that how you propose getting Missouri to the table for some of those more difficult discussions as you reference with Tyson Foods and Smithfield that, you know, the state really 
wasn't there to have a presence in that discussion? We weren't there be not because we didn't want to be. We weren't invited. Sometimes corporate decisions are made at a, at, a, at, a, at a level that just doesn't bring politics into it. That's just how companies work, and many people in this room understand how that's done. So you have to be there to be ready for the ones that you get to be a part of the table at. And I think when we get to be a part of the table, you can ask the American Food Group's people again. Uh, when we were finalizing that deal, their, their managers told Chris Chin and I that they looked at four other places, and Missouri was the best place where the county worked together, the state worked together, all the pieces of the puzzle, the utility company worked together, the co-op worked together, everybody worked together to bring them there, and that's one of the reasons they chose us. So when we have the seat at the table, we have the right tools to put forward. As I'm sure you're well aware, uh, Missouri remains in a drought. We've been in a drought for a very long time. What are you going to do to help Missouri farms be well prepared to weather through continued drought and future flooding? Well, as I say to, to farmers all the time is that, you know, we can't predict Mother Nature. Uh, Claudia and I run a 700-acre beef production cattle ranch in Phelps and Pulaski County. And for you flatlanders in here, when people say, what do you grow? We say, we grow rocks. Um, and this year, it was even worse. Uh, we had two different droughts last year for us, at least in our section. And this year, we were in the dark brown piece of the donut hole. Uh, so we had no hay production in June, zero. And thank goodness we had some rain at the end of July and August, and we got a nice September hay crop out of it. But when we have these drought problems, you're growing things that feed and clothe the world. This is not like we're giving corporate welfare to somebody. You're actually making a difference in people's lives. And so we have to work together to make sure you have the resources, whether it's through, as we've done in some of the other drought emergencies, whether it's through wells, whether it's through different ideas that we can put together to give you resources for your farm so that you can keep those things going. Because when we take land out of production, when we sell those cattle herds, and you all know if you're in the beef industry, lots are short or current. Um, we're not going to be able to replace those overnight. That same farm is also on the Gasconade River. So we've been subject to 32 feet of water on top of a hay field. So we understand what it's like when you go through these floods. But the ability to react is what farmers are best at. We're resilient. You're all resilient. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next month, or next year. But somehow you keep going on. And it's the resiliency in the people of this room that really make a difference. Government can't fix all your problems. I got news for you. And government shouldn't be telling you what to do ever. But together, we can solve these problems. And your tenacity to continue to be the leader in agriculture in the United States, I think, is one of the key solutions. Who has the right to decide whether larger scale poultry livestock production facilities are allowed to be built in the state of Missouri? Well, I think it's a local control decision at the point. As you know, Senator Bernsketter's bill, with the help of many people in this room, uh, provided the framework for counties to be able to allow large-scale operations within their counties. And so um, between what the producer wants to do, what the counties are willing to do, uh, usually we can figure out those solutions. There's always going to be somebody who moves in and says, hey, I don't like this. This is not the right thing. This is, this is what we're not doing wrong. But if we let common sense prevail just a little bit, usually you can work through those. I've been reading that the average age of the Missouri farmer is about 60 years old. And I know there have been efforts underway, uh, especially in the last legislative session, to continue to incentivize that next generation of agriculture ways to help them enter into the industry. If elected as governor, what's your plan to help uh, make it a little easier for that next generation of agriculture to enter into the business? Well, it's got to be our number one issue. 
uh, because we're leading the state. The United States, the average is 59 years old. And as you mentioned, it's 60 years well, old. Well, Missouri's a little bit higher than the national Missouri average. Is, Missouri yep. is higher. That's my point. It has to be the number one issue. And continuing to work with youth, there's 4-H and FFA kids that are here that are part of your lives and in your communities. Making sure they understand what the opportunities are in agriculture is how you bring them in. For the first year ever, I didn't get out the 30-foot boom sprayer this year. I had a drone spray my hay crop after I had a little bit of rain first. And it was a 25-year-old operator from West Plains, Missouri, who decided this was the technology he was going to get involved in. He worked with the University of Missouri and with MFA and drone science, and he came and provided that technology. The technology that's available to young people now is unbelievable. Farming can be about working the head shoot or being out planting corn, but it also can be about how we farm smarter and how we use technology. If we're going to get young people into it, we have to provide the technology that they're most familiar with and comforting with. And then the second thing is capital. Access to capital is incredibly difficult for young people right now. So we've had various ideas and programs through the help of the people in this room where we could provide, along with our partners at the feds, where we could provide some low interest loan rates, where we could provide some easier solutions in our state statute, both with our, and also with our federal partners, where we can provide for your next generation farmers to be able to acquire those assets without you getting your brains taxed out and with them being able to actually get into the family business. What's your stance on eminent domain and its use for um, any energy projects or agricultural projects? Well, you don't, what nobody wants, everybody wants to be able to have the right to say what they're going to do with their farmland, but the next thing, they're not sure they want a walking trail going through it so that in the middle of deer season, somebody's right in their backyard and, and all of a sudden they're going to get sued over it, or they're all of a sudden going to put a solar farm right next to your place. Um, counties have been really good at coming to us in the legislature and saying, how do we do something that accomplishes both goals because it's a fine line because you have you could eventually have cooperatives wanting to be investors in some of these solar farms you could have tourism groups saying that hey converting that uh, railroad track into a bike trail is incredible for our economy we have to be able to balance that to where somebody says i'm a third fourth fifth or sixth generation farmer this is not what my ancestors signed up for understanding those rights and then being able to have some local control over the second piece of that so that we don't have neighboring farms all of a sudden putting up massive solar pants or some kind of utility distribution center without the people that are involved in that having a say in that decision. Just out of my curiosity, has there been anything um, in your current position that you would love to do for agriculture but haven't been able to do in the Parson administration that maybe you will take in this approach as you run for governor? Yeah, well, I, we touched on it earlier. I think our number one concern should be how do we get younger people into it? And uh, Governor Parsons, in my opinion, has done a great job. As you all know, he's a third-generation farmer and uh, very much involved in what the ag community and ag industry does for our state. Uh, but, but when given the chance, and I would love to have that chance to be your person in the office of promoting agriculture, getting young people involved, giving a pathway for them to be able to acquire the capital to, uh, to start a farm, being able to get them involved in technology. We don't, this is not optional. This is not something we can just think about anymore. We have to get that done if Missouri's future as an ag leader will continue.
real quick. Uh, we're watching on the federal level, of course, the farm bill, and we haven't seen much progress on that farm bill. Uh, we're hoping to see maybe some action from federal lawmakers. You know, if elected as governor and we still don't have a farm bill, what will be your approach? Well, I will tell you that, as many of you know, several people in this room, as I look around, participated when Congressman Alford brought um, the U.S. Ag Committee, Congressional Ag Committee, to the state fair. First time that's ever happened for the state of Missouri. And just average old folks who were in the audience, if you were there, just got to walk up and ask a question about what the next farm bill will look like. Uh, the chairman out of Pennsylvania was incredibly receptive. I think we have the right people on that committee, and I'm glad Congressman Alford, by the way, is on that committee to be able to craft that farm bill out because they always put something in it that the opposite party doesn't want. And as you know, SNAP benefits are in those farm bills. Uh, I will tell you very quickly, I had Congressman Jackson on my golf cart as we went around the state fair and about an hour into it, after we passed many kids with blue coats, he said, can you tell me what FFA is? And he's on the Ag Committee. Um, and so, I mean, the guy was good hearted. He wanted to be there. He wanted to learn what agriculture was about. Uh, but that just gives you some sense of what happens at the federal level is that what you and I take for granted, there's people who don't understand that. So having people like Mark Alford that we can continue to work with and then governors who will get together their congressional delegation and tell them what this means for our state is incredible. And not, last but not least, member organizations such as yourself, this is the most respected organization in the state. Not because I'm here, not because I've been a 27-year member. I'm just telling you who the halls walk and who listens to Having Farm Bureau on your side and any ag group that you're a part of is a key to moving those farm bills forward. Thank you for your time. We're nearing the very end of our time together. And quickly, what would be your parting message with our audience today? Well, as I just mentioned, uh, Claudia and I have been 27-year uh, member of Farm Bureau. We are active cow-calf producer. Um, but this is my 39th year. Uh, the ag community has taught us so much about life, about raising a family. Um, and just about how, what, is, what is common sense right and wrong. Uh, I believe that with my uh, background of growing up in a very urban area where we didn't even have grass to play on, we played in a cemetery to find grass where I grew up. Going from that environment to a very rural environment, uh, going from a very humble beginning uh, with a single parent and no father in my life to having some success with the help of a lot of people, many in this room, through many business ventures, I think I have the unique perspective to do what it takes uh, to lead the state of Missouri. And I'd love to be the number one spokesperson for our number one industry that you're all a part of. Our family farms are the most important thing that we have here. We are number two in the United States with 95,000 family farms. I would love to be able to continue to be your spokesperson and your advocate to make sure folks from rural and urban understand how important agriculture is, what it means to our state, and what we need to do to make sure we keep it going. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Kehoe.